if you're having trouble believing it's possible for you, you just need to dig into why you don't think that you can have that thing or have that thing come into your life. Because once you believe it, it's like you have to decide it, you have to declare it, you have to believe it, and you have to trust. Are you ready to say yes to your wealthiest and most abundant life, overflowing bank accounts, and a deep sense of inner fulfillment? If you are, then you are definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. And I have an amazing conversation to share with you today with my dear friend, Hilary Hartling, who is actually the first repeat guest that we've ever had on the podcast. She is such a beautiful, inspiring soul who is such a badass and expert at what she does, which I will fill you in on in just a moment. And on top of that, she has been through such an incredible manifestation journey that has inspired me so much from the sidelines that I was so excited to have her come on here and really share that experience with you because her energy and her belief and her mindset throughout this whole experience was a huge uh, life lesson and reminder even to me And I think that it's going to include a powerful message for you that maybe you need to hear when it comes to any form of manifestation that you are working on at the moment. So a little bit of a backstory on Hillary, just in case you didn't catch the first episode right at the beginning of when this podcast launched with her. Um, She spent 15 years working for some of the big dogs, marketing movies from Disney to Pixar to Marvel to DreamWorks. She helped launch multi-million dollar franchises and she managed global brands, brands that we all know and love. But she made the leap from corporate into founding her own brand strategy business because she wanted to help others create unforgettable brands that inspire their audiences. And she really is incredible at what she does in supporting visionary entrepreneurs to make an impact by translating their brand vision into really aligned strategies and clear messaging that resonates. And she shares some super powerful tips within this episode, so much so that I want to go back and listen to this conversation and journal on some of the questions that she was asking, um, because we can always go through a brand up level and a brand refresh. So without further ado, introducing you to Hilary Hartling and this beautiful conversation together. super excited to welcome back to the podcast Hillary Hartling and I think you're our first like double visit to the podcast so yes to that (laughs) oh my gosh I love knowing that I mean I was here for when you first kind of started I think I was one of your what in the first 10 at least episodes Mm -hmm. yeah you were that's so cool that because you've been consistent in doing this for your audience and dropping hot value (laughs) all the time so I feel privileged to come back and do it again and there's been so many new things that have changed and happened in my life and my business too since we talked last yeah we have a hell of a lot to catch up on 
Um, and it also felt like when the, f- the first time you came on, I think it was a long episode because I was like, we could keep talking for another hour on this, but I'm probably going to have to cut it shorter. So it's good that you're back and we can fill in um, the rest of what we had in store for everybody. And it also feels a little bit like I'm talking to a brand new version of you. So we have a lot to catch up on before we fill them in with what's happened for you over the last six months, because it's an incredible story. Let's quickly share with the listeners who you are and what you do in case they don't already know. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Hillary Hartling. I'm actually a brand strategist for modern entrepreneurs. I help build your brand strategy that helps you with clear like clear messaging so you know how to position your business, you know how to attract your dream clients. That's what I'm about. I spent 15 years working at Disney Marketing Movies. And so branding, marketing, content creation, all of that stuff is sort of just ingrained in me. And a lot of, um, I take a lot of inspiration from just the creativity and genius around storytelling that I was around for so many years working with filmmakers from Pixar and Disney and Marvel. And I try to infuse that into how I help people build their brands because I know when you can emotionally connect with someone, that's when you draw them in. And that's when you keep them as part of your audience. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of who I am and what I'm about. (laughs) And I love how much experience you bring to the table. It's totally true. It's like it's in your blood. Um, and you have an amazing brand and I know you help so many other amazing women with their brands and we will definitely get into that and share a lot around brand clarity and give the listener a ton of amazing takeaways when it comes to refining and polishing their brand. But before we do that, can we please share the incredible manifestation journey that you've been on? Well, really for more than the last six months, but it did come into fruition in the last six months. Well, you know, it's interesting because I feel like this is such a a good lesson for everybody in that I've been manifesting this for five years. Mm -hmm. So this is something that I've held in my heart and put out into the universe and held as an intention and a very specific visualization, all of that stuff for five years. Not every single part of the five years was I actively working towards it. There's sometimes I had to press pause, but yeah. It was um, a year and six months ago that I was matched for with a birth mom to adopt her baby. And that went on for five months and then that adoption failed. So basically the birth mom changed her mind. I was just telling you offline, had that not happened, which seems like such a horrible, it was horrible when it happened, mm-hmm. but it was like a huge obstacle. And like, why does this even happen? Well, it's just, it was a step in the journey and in the process to finding Ruby, because if that hadn't happened, the the person who connected me with the adoption agency who was um, looking for a home for Ruby would never have come to be. Mm-hmm. So like everything happens for a reason. The universe is conspiring and co-creating with you. You just can't see the steps all the time or the steps seem like they're going in the wrong direction when in fact, they're actually leading you to exactly where you're meant to be. And so Ruby was always meant to be mine. It is amazing how quickly we bonded. And it's just one of those things. I got a phone call and my manifestation was so clear. I literally said, okay, I don't want to be mashed with someone for months again. I just want a phone call and like she's born and just come pick up your daughter. And that's exactly what happened. And I, it was so funny. I was with a client working on her brand for the first time in person since COVID. 
And I got a text right when we sat down from my lawyer. He goes, I'm sending you an email. You have to check it right now. So I did. And it said, baby girl born yesterday. And I was like, (laughs) and then so I submitted my book all about me, which is what you do. So I just thought it was like the same old process I had to like go through. They had to choose me, whatever. But two hours into our three hour branding intensive, I get a call from the lawyer and he says, she was born yesterday. The lawyer from the agency chose you. Wow. We're not giving this opportunity to anyone else. Wow. You need to go pick up your daughter in Washington state tomorrow. I just got chills when you said you need to go pick up your daughter. Like, oh my God. Yeah. And literally, I forgot how to book a plane ticket. (laughs) I mean, I hadn't done it since COVID either, but I was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't. And it was in this small little town that's not easy to get to. And so I was like, wait, do I have to take a plane and a ferry? And what do I need to do? And like, I need a car. How do I? It just literally like my brain went blank. And like, talk about having an amazing support system. My family, I could cry. Oh, I'm going to (laughs) cry. Oh, I love it. Oh. <laughs> like literally, oh my gosh. So my brother who lives in Venice Beach, I live in San Clemente. I called him. He's so busy all the time. Mm-hmm. He works so hard. And I'm like, Greg, I need you to come take care of Cody. Like mm-hmm. you need to come over tonight. That's her like, dog. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's my dog. He came and housed it and Cody sat because I didn't know how long I'd be gone yeah. either because you have to wait for paperwork to travel interstate with a baby and all this stuff. So he came down instantly. I call my sister And she's in Portland. And so I flew to Portland and we drove to this location in Washington. So we had a car and so she could help me. So she like stopped working for a week and a half to help me. Wow. And then my parents were on standby for all of it. And then my mom flew in immediately when we got back. So it was like all of us here, except my dad, he had to stay home with their dog anyways. But like the amount of support, immediate support I had and excitement. And it's funny because I trusted a whole lot more than they did after what happened the first time. And I'm like, Mm. it's okay. It's okay. It's different. I know what's happening. It's fine. And they, nobody would um, settle down until I was literally back home with the baby, which took over a week. Yeah. So it was like infant in a hotel room for a week. (laughs) What was it like to walk in and see Ruby for the first time? Like I can only imagine. I was not allowed into the hospital. And so the social worker picked her up from the hospital and drove her to my hotel and handed her to me in the lobby. Wow. So think about the hotel workers. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh gosh. (laughs) Like she didn't arrive with a baby. My first impression, I was like, she's so small. She was six pounds, 12 ounces. She was born a week early, Mm -hmm. uh, but she was totally healthy. And she was just a little cherub. She was the, I called her, what did I call her at first? My little nugget. Mm -hmm. She was just a little nugget. And you should see her now. She's a big nugget. She's like a (laughs) chunky, she's like 99 percentile in weight for her age. I'm like, go girl, you got this. Like, I just want to chew on her thighs. They're so cute. There's nothing better than baby rolls. Honestly, <laughs> she's got them all. She's got them the cheeks. Oh. She leads with her cheeks. <laughs> I, I've seen many photos of her, and she's absolutely gorgeous. And I have to say, because I knew Hillary was in the adoption process, we actually worked together. And during the time of us working together, we were mapping out what your maternity leave would look like. And mm-hmm. you know, we held a virtual baby shower for this 
baby yeah. that was out there and it fell through and it was devastating for all of the people that also loved you yes. and wanted the best yeah. for you. Yeah. And I just have to say your story is incredible and remarkable to me because of not just the fact that Ruby now exists in your life, but because of the energy that you upheld and the belief that you upheld when that adoption fell through. I mean, like it was incredible to witness because I think everyone else was so sad for you. And you were like, this is, I still trust. I still believe. Mm -hmm. I I know my soul baby is on its way. And it was. Yeah, no, it's incredible. I did a couple of I'm I'm I don't talk about this a lot publicly just cuz I just don't. I don't know why. It's not that I'm I'm private about it, but I'm very spiritual and I have like if I if I hire people, it's usually energy coaches mm-hmm. and people who read things or heal things or whatever. And I connected with a woman who is um a specific kind of channeler who channels your in your baby mm-hmm. who can be on the, in the spirit world. Um and her guides and all this. And it's so funny because I got, to, I'd gone to her multiple times after the failed adoption. And then I did a session with her after I brought Ruby home and I didn't tell her that. And in the session, she goes, it is so amazing to witness the kind of connection you two had on the non-physical plane and see that manifested in the physical world. Wow. <laughs> like she's like, this is the person we have been communicating with. This is the person that you called in. Yeah. This is the girl who's been waiting with a huge smile over on the other side, just waiting for you to be ready mm-hmm. so that she could come home. Mm-hmm. And you knew, you always knew. I know that gender yeah. doesn't like really matter in that process, but you yeah. knew that you were going to have a girl. Like you just felt that. And I did. She is. <laughs> yeah, and and this is the thing about trusting your intuition. Sometimes it's so hard to trust your in- intuition because it's not like a red flag waving in front of your face with like instructions that pop up to tell you mm-hmm. what to do. Right? It's like a feeling, and it's like how how you react in certain situations. And I'll tell you that in the process of that first adoption that I was supposed to have, um, I was more. I had a bigger physical reaction and emotional reaction to finding out it was a boy mm. than I did finding out that baby was not going to be mine. Wow. Because I think at that moment, I, like subconsciously, I knew mm. that wasn't my baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is such a powerful reminder for anyone listening, whether you are trying to conceive or in the adoption process <laughs> or not when it comes to manifestation, because as you mentioned, this has been a five-year process and it will happen in the best possible way for you. But I think a lot of people worry um, that it's never going to happen or they lose faith or they lose trust with themselves and the universe. And as we know, beautiful, incredible, powerful manifestations take time. They do. I'm learning that every single day more and more in my life. So what message would you have for somebody out there who maybe needs to hear your story or inspiration? I mean, honestly, I think when it comes to, I mean, manifestation is thrown around so much these days and people don't know really maybe how to do it. Mm -hmm. It's really believing in what you most desire and you might have a wobble here or there, but I got to tell you, even with the wobbles, never did I doubt that it would actually happen for me. Mm -hmm. 
right? And so I think part of it is you, you have to get clear on the things you want. And it could be anything, anything that you want to bring into your world, whatever. If it's a husband, if it's a house, if it's a car, if it's a baby, if it's um, more money, if it's just more happy, whatever it is, you have to get so clear on what it is. And then you have to believe it's possible for you. Because sometimes you say you want something, but your energy does not resonate with that. Mm-hmm. And so you have to see, what am, I ne- what am I needing to unblock in myself to really 100% believe this is possible for me? And then you have to be consistent with that feeling. And you also have to sort of create this advanced gratitude, mm-hmm. right? Like already so excited for the thing that's coming as if, it's already here. Mm-hmm. And I would talk to this baby before she was here, mm-hmm. before I even knew about her. And I can like getting up in the middle of the night. I don't mind any of the baby stuff, by the way, like poopy diaper. Got it. 2 a.m. Whatever. Like, because I'm just so excited that yeah. she's here. And I think because I'm an older mom, I just know myself better mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And while I would have been a great mom 20 years ago, even like doing it now is like such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. and. I'm sure it was supposed to happen like this for me. But I think when I'm sitting in the rocker in the nursery with her at 2 a.m. giving her a bottle, I'm like, I used to sit in this rocker without a baby and visualize. Right. And then I look down at her and she like smiles in her sleep and she'll be like, she'll wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and she's so awake and so happy and just giggling at everything. And she, she learned to laugh by watching my dog. (laughs) Like she literally like laughs at Cody. Like she thinks he's so funny. (laughs) But yeah, so I would just say like, if you're having trouble believing it's possible for you, you just need to dig into why you don't think that you can have that thing Mm -hmm. or have that thing come into your life. Because once you believe it, it's like you have to decide it, you have to declare it, you have to believe it, and then you have to trust. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of the manifestation thing that I think because people talk about manifestation so often, that's the root of the manifestation work that people don't realize is mandatory. <laughs> well, and the other part is you can't just sit at home and do nothing, right? Like you have to take action towards that thing that you want. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So like I, I wouldn't have Ruby if I didn't go through all of the adoption process and paperwork and payments and, you know, all the things you have to do. Um and I had to re I had to re-update my home study after that failed adoption because I'd been in the process again for a while. And so I just couldn't do it for a while after that uh, failed adoption. And it turned, I think it was May, and I felt this instant urge. I was like, I have to finish the home study update right now. And I got her in July. Wow. So had I not done that, it would have been even harder. Yeah. So another lesson in following your instincts, following your intuitive nudges as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think what you said is 100% spot on. And that's the work that I do with my clients as well. It's like, it's one thing to claim that you desire this amount of money a month or this house or this heart, whatever it might be. Um, and to put that out there and put that on your vision board. But the root of it is working out what are your beliefs behind that? What's the energy that you're putting out behind that? Do you feel worthy of receiving that? Um, do you have fear around receiving that? Because when you can clear that out, now you have a clear path to receiving. Yeah, it's it's completely true. And there are also what I don't think our brains can comprehend as there are so many paths to getting what you want. Mm. And it's based on your beliefs and your decisions. And it doesn't mean 
like, I think miracles are thrown at us all the time and they can pass us by, but it's like another miracle is right behind it. Yeah. So it's ready for you when you are. Mm. And that's the thing. That's the message I was, I was always getting is that as soon as you're ready, Hillary, she will come. Mm. Yeah. But I wasn't truly ready, even though that's what I desired. And that's what I was working on manifesting. I wasn't truly ready for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. What do you think shifted yeah. for you being ready when you look back at that now? I think part of it was seeing the uh, uh, getting so ready to have a baby and then that not happening. And then I was surrounded with all of the baby things that I'm like, okay, I can't not have a baby now. Like, come on. Like mm-hmm. I have, I've had a nursery set up in my home the last two homes I've had for five years. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I sold my house up in Burbank, I've been living down here for almost three years now. So it was almost three years ago, I sold my house. And I manifested the amount of money I would get for that house. Mm -hmm. I very specifically did like some feng shui and some energy work. And I put it out there and I got exactly what I wanted. But what was even more interesting is I instantly bonded with the new owners who were coming in. And what was so cool is I found out because they wrote me a letter. They had an adopted girl and she was like 10 years old, I think. Anyway, she was going to be close to school. And so I wrote them a letter back, which I guess a lot of homeowners don't do. They just receive the letter from the new owners or whatever. And I wrote them back and said all these amazing things about because what he did for work and what she did for Mm -hmm. work, I thought was so amazing. And I said, you know, I designed this girl's room for what I thought was going to be my adopted girl, but apparently it was for your adopted girl. Oh my God. That's so sweet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing how just things just work. Things work out too. Like you have to believe that things are going to work out well, mm-hmm. no matter what's happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's just believing in yourself, believing that, you know, the universe really does have your back and that whatever it is that you desire is actually possible for you to have. Mm -hmm. Nothing's too big or too small. Absolutely. Could not agree more. And obviously, you know, overnight you became a mom. You also run own your own incredible business. That has to have required a few shifts, I'm imagining. So I'm just really curious because either, you know, maybe some of my listeners are thinking about becoming parents one day, or they have children and they maybe are figuring out what that will look like in their lives as they juggle both. What has that transition taught you in your life and your business as you do both? I mean, really, you have to prioritize and focus so much more. Mm -hmm. You have to like eliminate the things that don't really matter. You have to sometimes when you're working on a a bigger project, um, or if you want to take on more clients, whatever it might be, you have to decide what's coming off your plate because you can't do all the things all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was, I was like single, single girl, solopreneur, right. Doing everything on my own. I would work ridiculous. Like I'd be like, Oh, let me grab my laptop on Saturday afternoon because I have some ideas and you know, I could just do it whenever I wanted. Not with a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even if, even if she has, you know, a nap or, you know, an hour where she's distracted with something else, even it's not like you can instantly get back into your focus and flow and like (laughs) knock something out. right? Right. It's not necessarily like that. So, um, I think it comes with a lot of planning, Mm -hmm. a lot of prepping and a lot of prioritizing. Mm -hmm. I love talking about boundaries. I'm just really curious if your boundaries have shifted or changed since this experience 
in how you manage your time and what you say yes to and what you say no to? I think since I started my business, I've gotten a lot better at boundaries in general. Um, I would say though that um, I don't know what it is. Like there's so many people who have certain issues that come up when they first become a mom or they might feel that, like mom guilt, right? Yeah. If, you know, you're working or, you know, work about not getting or guilt about all the work you're not getting done by being a mom. I like don't feel any of that. I love that. Like, I don't have the <laughs> guilt because I think what I'm, I think because I've been waiting for this for so long and this is what I said I wanted. It's sort of like I'm living in every very present in every moment mm. and appreciating whether it's something for work or something for life and Ruby. Mm. Um, I don't know how to describe it. I just feel like my boundaries are very set and I don't, but mostly I would always be upset even more so when I um, crossed my personal boundaries. It wasn't necessarily other people coming into my space or other people, right? But I'm very I'm very good at saying no. Yeah. I'm good at saying yes. I, I'm also very good at saying no. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't always the case. But I have definitely learned that. And because I think to protect your personal energy, you know, it's like, I want to have good energy for Ruby. I want to have good energy for myself. So you need to do the things that light you up. And honestly, that's how I started my business. Even like motherhood aside, I only take clients that I'm inspired by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like I don't say yes to everybody. Yeah. It's all and that's always Ruby. been the case. Like that seeps into your personal life then if it's going to affect your energy as well. Yeah, that's right. Well, and also just unfortunately with COVID and everything, like Ruby doesn't know a lot of my friends yet. Mm. Ruby hasn't, you know, we're not out and about all the time. Yeah. We're we're like little homebodies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have a baby and I'm a little homebody now. Like, I'm like, do I really need to go out? Nah, I'm going to stay home. <laughs> well, seriously, it feels, these days, it feels like it takes so much energy, right? Yeah. Just to like go out and do anything. Yeah. It's like, hold on. Do I want to go to Target again? I went once already this week. Right, that feels like right. a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go here, there, and everywhere and love zipping around and then going for lunch and doing yeah. this. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, I haven't left the house yet today. Okay, maybe I'll go to the gym. <laughs> I know. No, my leaving the house now looks very different than it used to. It's like grocery store, mm-hmm. maybe down to the park or the waterfront or something yeah. like that. Like if I need to reconnect with nature. But otherwise, it's like, I'm home with Ruby or I'm home working because I do both at home. (laughs) But I do just want to highlight something powerful that you've taught me in this. And I hope somebody else has grasped what you said as well. Um, It's about the power of presence. And that's why maybe Mm -hmm. you don't have the mom guilt is because you're present with what you're doing in that moment. And I think what a lot of people find themselves doing is while they have the time or the space or they're focused on one task, they're feeling guilty that they're not doing this other thing over there. And then we kind of pour negative energy into both, don't we? So, yeah. And like worry and guilt is not going to manifest anything for you. Yeah. 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 Total blockers. Unfortunately. But like we we carry around so much, like whether it's stress or anxiety or worry or guilt. I'm not saying you would never feel anything like that. Of course. Like I have my down moments as well. But I think overall, it just comes back to like what we started with. It just comes back to believing whatever you want is possible. Excuse me while I press pause for just a moment on this beautiful conversation to officially announce that this February, I'm going to be running my free four-day money magnet bootcamp. 
It is honestly one of my absolute favorite times of year in my business when I get to connect with all of you incredible, powerful souls and come together and show up and coach you alive in supporting you and uncovering the limiting money mindset blocks and beliefs that are holding you back from stepping into the abundance that you truly, truly deserve. It is such a powerful space and the women that join me live during this bootcamp go through so many up levels and it is such an exciting thing to witness and to observe. So it's four days of coaching with me um, beginning on the 15th of February, ending on the 18th of February. Four days of total magic that I would love to invite you to come and be a part of. To sign up and save your spot, just simply click on the link below in the show notes or head to my Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered. And if the link for some reason is not in my bio in on my Instagram, just DM me and we will make sure that you get the link to secure your spot. Anyway, back to Hillary. So we filled them in on this amazing, incredible manifestation. The six months, it was like definitely a fast tracked version of that story, <laughs> but it was, yeah. we, got, we got the powerful points in. So I do want to just pivot a little bit into talking about branding and what lights you up about branding and definitely talk about some tips and tools that I know that you have for the listeners. So why are you even passionate about branding in the first place? What does branding mean for you? Yeah, I mean, I think the reason I'm so passionate about it is is the same reason I worked in the film industry for so long, is that a good brand um, is an experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you think of an experience like going into a movie theater and the lights going down and the lights coming on and like being immersed into this world for two hours, like that's the kind of experience you're trying to create with your brand. Meaning what you're trying to do is captivate your audience. You're trying to engage them and draw in the people who are meant to be part of your business, part of your world mm-hmm. and immerse them in that. And I think I love branding so much because I, for some reason, my brain works this way. I'm just very good at seeing how to position something and how to create the right messaging that resonates. Mm. And if I can do that for more than just my own business, but to help all these other amazing women, and it doesn't even have to be just women, women and men create the types of experiences that they're born to do in this world, but also that attract their ideal clients. So it helps them grow a business and create the impact or whatever it is their purpose is. That's what lights me up. It's like when you can work with people who are inspirational, um, that's like my best day at work. And that's how I felt in the movie industry too, because, you know, when you're rubbing elbows with like the greatest storytellers like in the world and you're witnessing how they put a story together and how they make an audience feel something, like your brand is all about making your audience feel something. When you can create an emotional connection with your audience, that's when you keep your customer, Mm -hmm. right? If you think about a brand that you love, you love it for a reason. It's not just because they offer this one thing. It's because they've created some type of experience for you that you've fallen in love with and you want more of all the time. Mm, Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. we've seen that happening even more. I mean, you tell me if this is true, but from my perspective, we've seen that happen even more with with social media. It's like, why don't we follow Mm -hmm. someone? Why don't we invest our time and energy in watching their stories or or, um, absorbing their content? It's because we have that person, we, we enjoy having that personal connection. It's like people are 
mm-hmm. thinking about the think about the things that you buy or the people that you buy from. You buy from them when mm-hmm. you feel that personal connection, when you feel yeah. that maybe flow of energy, or it just feels seamless to naturally want to buy that program or that masterclass or spend more time in their energy field because you feel like you know them. I think that was my long-winded way of saying that. You yeah. feel like you know that person. Well, and that's why, I mean, that's why personal branding is so important, number one. But also when you think about like how many money mindset coaches are out there, how many brand strategists are out there? There's so many. It's because of the brand and how you make people feel, the people you're meant to draw in are, are called to come to you, right? And it, and it means that the someone else doing something similar, they're talking to other people, yeah. right? There's enough to go around. And, but it's why you define your brand strategy so that you know exactly who you're meant to serve and how to create the messaging to position yourself so they can understand it, get it and like find you and come into your world. But that's literally why you brand something is just because you're trying to establish that personal connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think some brands freaking nail it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think it's always, you know, something... I'm aware of, and I think we can always grow more and more into as we develop our brand. It's something I'm very conscious of, but I also see a lot of businesses, small businesses, entrepreneurs, coaches out there struggling with it too, not knowing what to show, how to show up or how to create that connection. And that can be the missing piece, I believe, in somebody choosing to invest in you or choosing to invest in someone else, even if your product or service is not only the same or even better than that person's. So what are some of the pitfalls or maybe mistakes? I hate saying the word mistakes, but you know what I mean. Um, Or blockers that you see creating that personal connection for brands. Um, Ironically, it's a lot of what we were talking about before when we were talking about manifestation is you have to believe in yourself and in in your brand and what you're offering. Yeah. If, If you're unclear, it goes all different ways, right? If you're unclear about how to articulate what you do and the value behind it, your audience will be confused. Completely agree. Right? Like if you put that out there, they're not, if, if you don't even know exactly how to talk about what you offer even, like I know some people who offer like 12 things and it's like, wait, you do what? And you do that? And okay, so what would I come to you for? Yeah. Like you never want that to be the case. You want to be so clear about what you do and who it's for that that, that person is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I found you. It's like the water in the desert that you finally find, right? Yeah. So I would say that if someone is struggling with how to, or if they're even feeling like, how do I stand out in the sea of fill in the blank, all these photographers, all these coaches, all these whatevers, it's because you haven't taken the time to figure out the meaning behind your brand, the purpose for it, your vision moving forward, the impact you'd like to have, who it's specifically meant for, and then how to position it with the right message. That is your brand strategy. And so having that helps open up so many things in your business. I feel like everyone listening right now has to pause and like write down each of the questions that you just asked because there are points that we should all be journaling on and we should know the answers to when it comes to our businesses. Yeah, I mean, here, let me just backtrack. Let me just say like, what is brand strategy, right? Brand strategy is the plan you create to position your business directly to your audience. So what you say, how you say it, and the entire experience that you're going to create resonates, 
with the specific audience that you've chosen and defined, right? And when you develop your brand strategy, you start by sort of evaluating the current perception of your brand in the marketplace. And so that could be a little bit comparisonitis, but you have to just do it just to see like, what's out there? How do I position myself? But then you start creating a plan for your brand's desired perception mm-hmm. that's going to be aligned with your business goal. What's the difference there, do you feel? Um, the current perception of your brand, and if you're just starting, you don't have one, mm-hmm. right? But if you've been out there with a certain thing without like kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall, people might think like, oh, she kind of does a little bit of everything or whatever their impression is the current perception. And so you need to get very specific and intentional with how you want people to think about and feel about your brand. And that comes from creating a brand strategy that comes from developing that intentionally, mm-hmm. right? And so so that you can start reshaping that perception for exactly what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you want, anytime someone thinks of money mindset to think of Helena, well, then you need to make sure that you're positioning yourself that way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems simple, but but if you haven't done that work, sometimes you forget how to show up or you might be easily swayed into tangents that aren't really serving your business or your message or your clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, and I think maybe we talked about this on the last episode, but with brand perception, are you also talking about you know, some of the things that maybe you would purposefully include in your branding and your messaging so that when they see that thing, it resonates with you and your brand? So let's say... Well, what does money mindset? What do you think of? You think of abundance, you think of sparkly stuff, you think of that, you think of that. Okay, maybe it's champagne, or is it like something that maybe you want them to feel high end? You want them to feel um, expansive when they look at it. And then you think of the things that maybe represent that and you put that in your brand. Is that sort of the work yeah. that you would also do? That, that you can absolutely do it that way. There's a lot of ways to do it. But what you hit on right there was, how do you want your audience to feel? Yeah. What experience do you want your audience to have? Like you want them to feel expansive. You want them to feel abundant. You want them to feel like you're the expert, mm. right? That they found the answer. Like whatever, however you want them to feel, that's how you want to show up. And so once you define the brand strategy, that actually informs all the areas of your business. Like a lot of people start with a logo and start with brand colors and photos and web design and stuff. and you probably are going to redo it if you haven't defined that feeling and that experience and the strategy behind the brand, mm-hmm. because that's going to dictate what colors should I use? Yeah. How should I show up in a photograph to actually show this feeling of abundance? Yeah. It'll change, right? If your focus was more on, um, you know, only meditation, let's say, your photos are going to be very different if you're very squarely into meditation versus expansiveness and abundance. Yeah. Totally. Of course, they can all go together. But, you know, once you define the focus, you know actually what to talk about, how to create content, what photos to take, how that looks in design. It's what to offer mm-hmm. even. Yeah. It, it tells you, it gives you a plan that helps you align all the things in your business to that plan mm-hmm. so that it's a cohesive experience for your customers and they just instantly get it and they're like, oh, you're the answer. Yeah. 
So what are one or mm-hmm. two things? Because I think, honestly, we can always be rethinking our brand perception. That can always be growing. Like, I think I have a specific brand perception right now that I've actively created, but I'm mm-hmm. like, well, what would this brand perception feel like? Or what would be the next level of that? So we're always growing yeah. with that, whether you're at the beginning, the middle, or however many years you are into business. But what would be some of the things that someone could maybe start with or start doing or start implementing in their branding to begin that shift, if that makes sense? Well, I think if you're really looking for brand clarity and like, where do I start? I would start with what I call brand keywords. And I like to say five at the most. So if you do less than five, it's fine. But like, what are five words that describe the feeling and experience you want your audience to have? Mm. And those almost become the pillars of your brand that you can use as a filter for everything you're doing. So even if you were like starting a podcast and you said, okay, what's the focus of my podcast? Let me go back to my brand keywords because if it's a if my brand keywords are about abundance and expansiveness and you know sparkliness, right? That could totally be right. <laughs> um, then you want to make sure that what you're creating supports that. Yeah. Right. And so I would start with brand keywords and define them how you would. Cause like, let's say abundance was you, one of your brand keywords, but maybe I have abundance as one of my brand keywords as a brand strategist. My definition of it is going to be different than yours. Yeah. And so you want to make sure you've defined that for yourself and for your own brand so that when you talk about it, that almost becomes a unique selling point for your brand. Yeah. Because it's you and your perspective and the magic that you bring. It truly is the brand experience. Mm-hmm, totally. But it requires you standing in power behind the energy. And that's yeah. the difference is that I see people try to implement these things or think if I put this color out here or this kind of post out here, great. But their energy isn't behind it yet either. You have to bring both together. The meaning isn't behind it. Yeah, absolutely. You have because, and a lot of that comes from like, Oh, it looks like this is working for her. Mm, Let me try that. Yeah. Oh, this coach over here said this is what really works if you want to try X, Y, Z. It doesn't mean you can't learn from other people. Of course you can, right? But I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to is like, pick up all the information you want, but then filter it through your own expertise and say, what feels right for my brand? Because it not only has to feel good to your audience, it has to feel good to you because you're the one who has to show up and portray it. Yeah. Honestly, you're giving me so many golden nuggets because I feel like we should do this like every business quarter. <laughs> I'm like, I need to go away and journal on this. Cause like sometimes we just yeah. kind of, you know, are coasting when it comes to this, we get into a really good position with our branding yeah. and it feels right and things are happening. But in order to take it to the next level, it's like, well, actually, how could I reignite that next level of sparkle behind my brand? Well, let me let me just even tell you, like, this is why I'm going through a brand refresh right now. So um, is this the best time for me to do a brand refresh when I have an infant and I'm running a bit? Of course it's not. But I also feel like I needed the next level for the person I've now become. Yeah. And so I knew I needed to evolve my brand. It's also why... I have created a brand evolution mastermind as part of my business that just launched last week. And I've got some beautiful members in there that are working on their brands and their businesses. It's not just about branding. It's how you implement that brand. And like you said, like you might have a beautiful brand. I had a beautiful brand before I started tweaking it. Um, It's even better now Mm. because it serves 
me and serves my audience where they are right now. So you're, you set your brand strategy, but you always need to kind of check in and say, what's shifted? Have I shifted? Has my audience and what they need shifted? Um, do my offers need to shift because of that? Mm-hmm. Right? I might need to reposition a little bit. This is what my messaging has been up to this point. We've now all evolved. Yeah, my clients have evolved. Yeah. 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 That's that's when you know you you're you're ready for the evolution of your next level brand. Yeah, so true. <laughs> Doesn't in case anyone listening to the podcast right now can hear a little bell tingling. It's because my puppy just <gasps> woke up from her nap and wants a hug. Baby. So I'm gonna pick Bailey up and let her come. Come join us on the podcast today. <laughs> Bailey, you are a doll baby. <laughs> Bailey is awesome. Um, she was just napping, but she's, yeah, she heard her mama's voice and wants to be close. <laughs> you. You've got a baby in the room. I've got a puppy. <laughs> Real life. It's so true. I know. It's all good. I, I'm a dog mom too. Yeah, we all get it. So obviously you've dropped so many golden nuggets already, but I am really curious you know, we are stepping into a brand new year. I think, I just feel like we're all expanding this year. I feel like everyone's going to be evolving in a really big, powerful way this year. What would you love to see more female entrepreneurial brands doing or implementing in their, in their branding this year? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think that's such a wonderful question. You know, one thing that I, that I said at the very beginning of the year is it would be so cool for everybody this year, because I think people are very over just sort of the hard times and the darkness that's come in the last couple of years. Mm. So it's like, how do you add a dash of delight to everything you do? Mm. If your brand is an experience, look at all the different experiences and the touch points where you touch your audience, whether it is on Instagram, whether it's in your emails that go out, whether it's in the offers that you have, whatever it might be, like, how do you add an increased dash of delight just to put a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. Because when you can make someone smile, they're going to remember you. Yeah. And that's great for branding. Yeah. <laughs> and can we do that through like colors? Do we do that through how we show up on our stories? Like what are some of the ways that we can add those dashes of delights? Cause I love that. I mean, it could, it could be anything from sending snail mail to your clients mm-hmm. to um, doing a free pop-up workshop mm-hmm. just for free for everybody, just to like say, this is what I want to do for you right now. It also showcases your expertise, yeah. and what you have to offer in such a beautiful way. It could be through color. It could be through like, I want to share motivational quotes every once in a while now because I'm feeling called to do it, right? Yeah. And I think this is going to help my audience pick them up like once a week. Let me do that for them. Yeah. Whatever it is, how can you level up the experience you're offering? And so th- it doesn't necessarily mean you also need to create something new. It could be how do you take what you're doing and just make it better? Mm, yeah. I'm really curious. Are there any brands that you love, like that put a smile on your face that you really see are encompassing this for you? I'm, I've always been in love with the Magnolia brand yeah. by Joanna Gaines. Yeah. I got to say too, like I'm drawn to brands that are um, entertainment brands too. <laughs> and Part of the Magnolia Network, there's a show on there called The Lost Kitchen. Are you familiar with this? No, but I'm totally downloading this uh, network this evening because I love okay. their show. <laughs> when I watch The Lost Kitchen, and I'm not a foodie, like I don't watch food shows like ever. And it's this little restaurant in Maine and this group of women working together who are never meant to work in the restaurant business, really. And the kind of it's not about the food. It's about the experience. And literally the owner, Aaron French, 
stands up every night with a very curated group of um, diners who are all so excited to be there because the only way to get a reservation is once a year in April, you have to send a postcard to their little podunk post office in this little town of Freedom, Maine. And then they go through them when they're starting summer service and they pick them and they call you. People flying in from everywhere to come to this restaurant because of the amazing food, but more so because of the experience that they provide. Yeah, And the show follows them through what they had to do through COVID and all this stuff, but it is just amazing. And I literally would sit there in tears every time, just amazed at these women, but also because I'm like, this is why I love what I do. This is why I love what I do, because it's about the experience. It's about the emotional connection. It's about the people, mm. right? That's what it's about. It's about these stories that just resonate with you and brings people closer together. Yeah. That's the kind of brand that I love. Yeah, absolutely. So it's 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 encompassing everything that you've already mentioned about the experience and the story and the emotional yeah. connection behind that. And are there any um, entrepreneurial accounts or brands that you feel do do that really well? Oh gosh, let me think. You know, one that I've been following for a while, ever since I first got on Instagram, um, I became Instagram friends with her, uh, the Identity Collective. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. So it's IDCO Studios. Uh And it's so cool because Anastasia started her business. She left corporate and she started as a website designer Mm -hmm. um, for women leaving corporate and starting their own businesses because that's what she was and that's what resonated with her. But I've watched her turn that business into her passion, Mm -hmm. meaning, She's always loved interior design. She's so good at it. And then she's pivoted her business to only do web design for interior designers. Wow. She niched so much. And so like, literally, if you're an interior designer, you know who she is. And now she herself, she's still running that business and has Mm -hmm. a team, but she herself has become an interior designer as well. Wow. That's amazing. It's just, it's just a beautiful like story, but that's such a wonderful example of Um, When people talk about their ideal clients, it doesn't necessarily have to be who's drawn to what I do. It can be, I love working with these type of people. I'm going to position my business to only talk to them because that's what's going to light my heart on fire every single day. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to add that when you talked about her brand, you didn't talk about the colors or um, the brand buttons that she has. You literally told me her story which means you're connected to her story, which is really powerful. And that's the mistake that I see a few brands making and people that I even know who are just posting an image and there's no real understanding of what the story is behind it. There's no meaning. meaning. Everyone wants to know the story. And that that is what makes a brand better. It's what makes a brand stand out more is because you've added meaning behind it. So like, it could be as simple as like, even the, the food story I just told you, right? The Lost Kitchen. I could have said it's a show about the amazing farm to table food in Freedom, Maine. <laughs> and that's, that's the literal, that's the what it is. But why would you care? Like, what is that show really about? It's about the experience, about human connection. It's about gathering people together to have these beautiful moments, Mm. right? That's what it's really about. So I think this is a good exercise for anyone to do with their brand is to say, literally write down, because you need both of these things. Write down the literal, what your business is, Mm -hmm. which is like what you do, who it's for, what you offer. 
right? How that benefits someone. But then take a step back and say, but what is this really about? Mm, yeah. What am I really delivering? Yeah. What's the promise of what I do? Yeah. What's the picture I'm painting mm. for how this transformation can help the people mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm targeting, right? It's like when you ask yourself, what is it really about? It's about more than I could say what my business really is about is about inspiration. Mm-hmm. I want to be inspired, but I also want to inspire others to add more meaning, to add more purpose, to add more vision to what they're doing, because that will form that emotional connection with people, which is what you need in order to stand out. Sometimes the thing that makes you different isn't this big, big thing. It's not like you have to have this like crazy, amazing process that nobody else has because maybe you do something where the process isn't really going to be that different from anyone else, but it's how you do it. Yeah. And it's how you show up and it's the meaning you put behind it. And it's the story you tell. Yeah. Right. The story you tell for how you got here even and why you're now doing this business Mm -hmm. and offering this thing. That's what people want to know. It's why every time I post Ruby, I get the most engagement. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, my, my engagement's probably up even since Bailey arrived because it's adding to my story and it's adding to my brand perception if you think about it. Like, oh, she yeah. has a puppy and this brings me this energy and this exudes this kind of energy. And I think it's very important what you mentioned. Um, this is something I have in my business and I've, I've used it in multiple occasions is to have your signature story. Like have your signature story about the journey you've been on. Mine is um, about how I transformed from like my lowest low to completely pivoting Mm -hmm. my life with money mindset. You've probably all heard about it on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, It's my 97 cents story of the moment that I realized I had 97 cents left in my bank account. And it's visceral and it's meaningful and it's emotional and it's connective. So if you don't yet have that. Well, and it's, yeah, it's relatable. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, oh, I've had those moments. Yeah. It's like, oh, hold on. I overdrew my account even. Like yeah. the bank was like, hello. <laughs> I am so sorry to have to interrupt the very end of this amazing conversation. But unfortunately, when we went to download both of our tracks, for some reason, Hillary's very end was cut off. And I have no idea why, because it recorded and saved mine. So we've lost the very end of what Hillary was saying. But I know we're just leaving you on your seat eager for more. So the best place to go connect with Hillary and find out more about all of the magic that she creates with her clients is by simply heading to Instagram. She has a beautiful Instagram page. It's at Hillary Hartling. Um, I will also tag her in the show notes below so that you can find that easily. She has lots of content on there and free, um, free trainings and different amazing things that can support you with really expanding your brand. And I also believe that she's going to be launching a challenge within her private Facebook group. So if you feel called to learn more about Hillary and the work that she does, maybe just DM her, um, say hi, say you listened to the podcast episode and ask her for anything that she has resources wise or challenge wise to support you. And I'm sure she'll send over any necessary links. And don't forget to screenshot yourself listening to this podcast episode um, and tag both of us, me at girl underscore unfiltered and at Hillary Hartling, because we love seeing who's uh, joining in on these conversations with us. 
But until ne- until next time, until further ado is what I was about to say, until next time, <laughs> have a beautiful rest of your day and I'm sending you so much love and abundance. If you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button because women supporting women is my jam. And if you want extra daily doses of motivation, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered and go ahead and screenshot this episode. Send me a DM and share your biggest takeaway because I love hearing from you and I just really want to drop into your DMs basically. (laughs) So I'm sending you so much love and abundance and have an amazing day.